I'm so glad that you've decided to join me for this follow-up to our two segments on Conscious Commentary where we're covering synchronicity spikes. They've been going on uh, in excess, I would say, for about four to five weeks. I've been hearing from a lot of you, and I wanted to get back to you straight away uh, with a special guest who we're going to have a, we're going to do a deep dive, let's just say, in terms of what may be causing these synchronicities. Is there, is this a, a true process of um, ascension? Have we been upgraded? Or is there something else going on? Or both? Well, to join me in that conversation, I'm so delighted to introduce you to Alana Freeland. Alana is a passionate researcher of, I would say, exotic technologies. She's an author, most famously for her book, Under an Eye and Eye Sky. So yes, we are gonna be talking about remote technologies as they have to do with not only geoengineering, but mm, transhumanism. Something that, as I said in a previous episode, has been talked about um, quite a bit lately. So we're gonna go into that, but the main thing that I want to share with you is that this was such an incredibly um, connected conversation because it wasn't about, as I've said, it's not about this or that, it's about this and that. If these synchronicities are happening in excess, what role might artificial intelligence be playing in this barrage? Moreover, or I should say on an equal playing field, is there an ascension process going on? Did something happen in January? I tend to think something did. I also tend to think there may be some intersection between the synthetic and the organic. So this is what we talked about. So without further ado, I present to you my conversation with Alana Freeland. Enjoy. Alana, I cannot tell you how much I've been looking forward to this chat with you. You know, after my first Conscious Commentary episode where I introduced this very curious string uh, of extremely persistent synchronicity episodes that were happening to me and discovered it was also happening to so many other people. And then when I learned uh, that many of these synchronicities, including my own, have been directly related to technology, and we're going to elaborate on that shortly, I got to thinking, what if there's something else going on? And when I say something else, I mean something other than just spiritually oriented experiences or psi experiences or ESP encounters. What if there's a synthetic component to at least some of these synchronicities that have been happening to so many people lately? And that's when I knew I had to ask you if you would come onto the show. And I, <laughs> I was keeping my fingers crossed tightly until I heard from you and you were so gracious to get right back to me and so delighted that you agreed to come on right on the heels of a series of appearances you just wrapped up in California. So first off, a big thank you, Alana, for taking the time and in such short notice to have this special and important discussion with me. Thank you, Alexis. So I want to set this conversation up uh, within the proper context. Now, you and I, of course, just talked offline and we're totally in sync. But for everyone who's listening, in the last month or so, people have been reporting these very strange synchronistic experiences, particularly since a rare planetary event was said to have occurred on January 12th of this year. Now, this is referred to as a cosmic or archetypal conjunction, where essentially a convergence of powerful energies created a spike in the frequency of the planet. This is said to have not uh, happened for at least 2,000 years, probably more. Now, it's believed that uh, the heart of this spike occurred at Uluru in the Northern Territory of Australia, where I just happened to be lecturing at the Cosmic Consciousness Conference at the time. Since then, Alana, many people, synchronistically, have been reporting all sorts of anomalous incidents in their day-to-day -day lives, including and especially synchronicity. Now, although I, I certainly cannot say, nor will I directly attribute these occurrences to what happened on January 12th, it is a bit curious to me as to whether we may be seeing some sort of residual effect from what took place in January. But the bottom line is, regardless of the impetus for what's going on, I'm convinced something definitive is happening right now, completely out of the norm. So just, <laughs> just to cut to the chase, Alana, I'd love to get to start this conversation, your initial thoughts on what you think may be happening right now. It's very difficult for me to accept anything from the old uh, standard of human life on earth anymore because of the 
all the research I've done and the books I've written about uh, the space fence, which is, you know, all the patents are owned by Lockheed Martin. Uh, the technology of HARP, High Frequency Active Rural Research Project up in Gakona. Uh, the control over the ionosphere that came from the HARP experiments. Um, there's so much going on now in our ionized atmosphere just here on Earth uh, in the troposphere. Uh, and then that's not even counting what's going on up in the stratosphere, uh, the magnetosphere, the ionosphere, etc. I mean, uh, my consciousness, uh, my daily consciousness, uh, unlike many people, uh, rests in uh, in this huge revolution going on uh, in in space itself and the planetary Earth. Uh, so. So when I think of spirituality and spiritual experiences, including the uh, getting tapped into that marvelous law that Carl Jung years and years ago told us about the law of synchronicity. And, and basically the law of synchronicity is when your consciousness is uh, in a certain area, if it is a growth area, this is what it used to be, if it's a growth area for you, then all kinds of things will start coming toward you uh, on some sort of uh, frequency level uh, to uh, to repeat the same terms, the same concepts, the same experiences that seem to come out of nowhere that that uh, one could not have foreseen. Uh, you would be you would be so affirmed by the cosmos. And, um, you know, that was, that was great because you could depend on it uh, as being sort of a guide that you're on the right track. Uh, now things are different. Uh, I would say they've been different ever since MKUltra, uh, the terrible CIA program born of the paperclip Nazis brought into America uh, during the 50s and on. Um, ever since then, the mind has become a target of sorts, and the processes of the mind are are being uh, are potentially can be manipulated remotely. And and now we're in a we're in a dilemma because um, you know I've had spiritual experiences uh, uh, when I was younger. I had very large ones that really uh, sent me in the direction I'm, I'm in now and and uh, have to do with becoming who I am uh, on the earth this lifetime and doing my job here. Uh, so these experiences were tremendously valuable and, and pivotal for me. And I could pretty much at that time depend on uh, it being uh, real not virtual in any mm -hmm. way. Uh, but now, I think we're going to all have to become a little bit aware of the technology that can uh, produce experiences in us uh, on the thought level, on the feeling level, uh, on the visionary level uh, that are coming to us remotely. I mean, I, I recently was talking with someone uh, in California about uh, certain experiences that uh, they were having, and and uh, you know, and I was saying, how do you know that it wasn't generated in Langley, Virginia? And that's always my term for the CIA, even though I know now that they're in the Rockies. Their their headquarters are actually in the Rockies, where there's some nice solid granite under them as they're messing with our skies. Um, so, uh, how do we know? And, and only the person who has the experience will, will be the one who knows because these are so, so ultimately private, uh, ultimately cosmic where private and cosmic come together because we are spiritual beings on the earth having material existence. So, uh, how, how will we know? Well, if you don't know the technology, you may leap to conclusions um, that you won't, perhaps you won't be able to depend on the experience as, uh, as being lasting. Mm -hmm. Certainly synchronicity, uh, when I have synchronicities, 
um, I, if I'm not around my computer, then I, I, I do completely accept them because I don't have a cell phone. Uh, I refuse to own a cell phone. It's a military weapon. And uh, in the work I do, I, I'd like to stay alive and, and competent as long as I possibly can. So, uh, so I don't own one because I know one thing. Uh, your cell phone can be easily pulsed with frequencies that can send your thoughts in a certain direction, can um, can give you thoughts that you would never have, violent thoughts, mm -hmm. awful thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can have feelings uh, suddenly arise in you for no no reason that life seems to uh, be bringing to you. So so the cell phone itself is uh, is is a dubious factor. If if it's not in your environment and you're not near your computer and you're, yes, you're always surrounded, if you're living in any city of any size, you're always surrounded by many, many waves that are moving through you. So, you know, if we can just take this as a fact of this particular time in history, uh, this particular incarnation, if you were comfortable with that word, uh, that, that that's the way it is. Mm. And, my feeling is we chose to be here. No one's here by accident. Right. They, uh, we chose to be here during this era, and we need to learn to some degree about the technology. Absolutely. Because this is a very technological era. Yeah. That's a lot. And listen, folks, there's there are, we'll use the word multi-dimensions to this, what, what Alana is talking about. I don't know if any of you out there have been following this sort of spectrum of information. Uh, this is obviously a deep rabbit hole, but I want to isolate one um, technology, if you will, that I know that you've spoken uh, uh, quite at length about and are, are quite erudite about, and that has to do with nanotech. Let's talk about nanotech. And I, again, folks, I, we're, we're having this conversation within the context of what seems to be a barrage of synchronistic events that are happening with people. But what piqued my interest in having Alana on had to do with the amount of synchronicities that involved technology being a part of the synchronicity. This is this is the what we're setting the table for. Let's right. talk about nanotech uh, a bit. And if you could just explain what it is, how it's used and how nano is in our very midst, including in our bodies. And how yes. if at all, this might explain some of these eerie connections that we're calling synchronicity may be happening. If you're enjoying this episode and want to get more conversations about all things intriguing, inspiring, and unusual, be sure to subscribe to Higher Journeys on YouTube. And once you do, don't forget to hit that notification bell to receive an announcement as soon as a new episode is posted. And now, back to our show. Yes, um, I, I'm so glad. You may be the first person, Alexis, that wants me to talk about nanotechnology, <laughs> because now we're going really deep into the rabbit let's, hole. Let's go there. Let's, we might okay. as well. So, so I started out with chemtrails, right? The, the jets in the sky that are leaving these long trails that turn into a, a, a cirrus-looking cloud cover. That was years ago. And um, I knew it from Clifford Carnicum, the independent scientist who is still a very good friend of mine. Uh, he in the 90s was measuring all that stuff uh, coming that he could see in the New Mexico, you know, once deep blue, deep blue azure skies. Absolutely. No longer, no longer. That is not, that does not happen anymore. So uh, he could tell from the very get go when this program started, uh, run by the military and Raytheon, et cetera. Uh, that that this was not these were not contrails. So um, he did the measurements. He did the science. We became friends. Uh, I I was there at his microscope with him for various things, seeing my blood, <laughs> my blood through his microscope, with uh, little entities sticking their heads into my red blood cells and sucking the iron out of my blood. Um, that was a huge turning point for me when I realized how real this is. So I wrote two books on this topic, going deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole. And uh, chapter three in the second book, Under an Ionized Sky, is about uh, nanotechnology. Uh, that's Nanotechnology started uh, being incorporated into American life, certainly, um, in 
I'd say 1990. It had been around. We've had nanos, nano size. It's a, it's a reference to a size, and the size is one billionth of a meter. So it's something we can't see. Uh, a nano nanotechnology, on the other hand, uh, is not natural because uh, certainly bacteria, viruses, they are nano-sized. Do you see what I mean? We have a lot of nano-sized things here on the Earth. But now we have a nanotechnology, a nano-manufacturing going on. And the way they manufacture with nanos, uh, nano-machines, they're little machines uh, eventually, is they... They can, it's going to be hard to believe for people, but they can do it on an atomic level. So a nano can be five nanometers uh, wide uh, to 50 nanometers to 100 nanometers to 1,000 nanometers, etc. Uh, and and, and this, uh, this can be a build-out, uh, uh, building all sorts of things. Um, I suppose you could build a building with nano uh, technology. Uh, you could, uh, you would need to have assemblers. They're, those are specialized nano-sized entities that can then, they're just, uh, they have like little arms. You can see films of them if you look hmm. carefully on the internet. And they're building with atoms. I mean, it's outrageous. And it, it's cheap. Uh, they're using things from the periodic table, uh, metals, etc. But uh, but what happens to the nano uh, assembly when it's done uh, is is kind of incredible, because uh, these nano and I call them nanobots, uh, nano robots. Mm -hmm. They're robots because they do have a consciousness, not on an individual level, not one nano has consciousness, but when they assemble together into something or simply as a, uh, a phalanx, uh, a, a moving um, army, you might say, uh, of nanobots, uh, then you have a consciousness in them where they 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 move together like like when you see birds in the sky sometimes They're they'll in synchronicity together or you'll see ants moving together yeah so it's a, a hive mind a and and the consciousness is now being accepted to be called a swarm they are a swarm um, and inside them not all of them but within their their swarm. Uh, are uh, nano-sized uh, computers, <laughs> literally computers, and they are uh, transmitters and receivers. So these microprocessors are, uh, are programmed so that the swarm will do its command, uh, do its master's command coming from afar. And I call those those people running on their monitors uh, in with their algorithms, I call them the uh, the laptop boys. And they will uh, the nanobots will report to them or be simply in stasis waiting for a command, uh, a programmed command. Um, so now we have again another part of nature in a sense that's been weaponized. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, and it is the habit of uh, of technology in history, at least in Western technology, that it begins uh, by being weaponized, and then then there are other uses that can come through manufacturing. Like now we have nano-sized filler uh, in cosmetics, uh, uh, packaged foods, um, clothing, new clothing, new cars. Etc. Uh, it's it, it's prolific, prolific everywhere because as a filler, it's uh, very cheap to use, and uh, the military, of course, latched on to the nanos very quickly, and um, those nanos are in those chemical trails, and they are carrying, um, they are in the chemicals. Uh, that are being uh, delivered and dis distributed by the jets and the rockets uh, and the uh, drones 
that we see in the sky. Uh, what is the purpose of that? Well, that has to do with the secret space program. Uh, that has to do with very large uh, agendas uh, uh, that are being unfolded now that they have the technology by which to control the ionosphere. And the ionosphere gives them the ability to uh, basically electrify our, our atmosphere, and then they need to add a lot of uh, chaff, uh, the military calls it, a lot of tiny, tiny particles in order to uh, have many, many thousands, millions, trillions of wire wireless operations in our atmosphere. All of this goes toward that, uh, but we're breathing it. Right. We're down here I want, at the Yeah, I want you to kind of... Well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not to cut. I'm sorry. So we have the nanobots in mm -hmm. us. Okay. Now some of them are sensors. They're releasing. They've been, they've had big headlines saying that they're releasing trillions of sensors in the upper atmosphere uh, to help with weather modification, uh, to fight global warming, to fight climate change, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all of that is pretty much disinformation. But those sensors are not disinformation. They are really, really there. A lot of them start spinning with the Earth, end up around the equator as a ring uh, of, uh, of metals, and, uh, and uh, are fantastic for communication. And this is what I meant by space fence lockdown, is by what's going on in space and what's going on down here in radar installations, uh, NEXRADs, uh, cell towers, Gwen towers, cell phones, all of this has to do with we're sandwiched in between. So we're very vulnerable. Uh, and that's without even looking at the fact that we're loaded with these nanobots. Mm -hmm. So when Elon Musk gets up there and talks about his neural mesh uh, and how you will need surgery, uh, a minor surgery in order to be able to have the neural mesh implanted in your body so you can you can fight or resist or claim your own individuality in the presence of the incursion of artificial intelligence uh, units that are everywhere now uh, running operations. He's, he's being a little disingenuous because, or maybe he doesn't even know, he hasn't been informed. Uh, but these nanobots being inside of us, that is their MO. They, they make... Uh, a neural mesh on their own. Uh, that's how they reproduce. They're self-replicating, and uh, according to their commands and their programming, they will make a mesh inside of us to produce a network in our body. We won't feel it. We won't uh, suddenly, um, you know, turn into a Frankenstein or anything like that. But we will have a, a neural mesh, a, 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 uh, a neurons-based uh, network in us. And this is what they're, they're talking about when they, the uh, transhumanist mm. guys say, oh, it's going to be wonderful. The Internet is going to be everywhere. This is what they mean. Yeah. It's going to be, yes, everywhere, and we're going to be plugged into it. So when you have something going on outside... Uh, say it's just a simple ad advertising. Some people are now reporting that they're on their computer and um, they had a thought about getting a new pair of boots and suddenly on the computer, here come the ads for boots. Right. Well, that's what, uh, that's what these synchronicities are, essentially. Yes. Yeah. These are not true Some synchronicities. Of them. These are technologically oriented. Uh, and um, because we're now electronic beings, in a way we're all cyborgs now uh, because we have this technology in us. Even if we don't have a titanium hip or knee, uh, we definitely are chipped with billions, billions of nanobots mm -hmm. because we're breathing them every day. So uh, that's why this whole movement ha is now beginning uh, in the anti-geoengineering movement that I'm a member of uh, on the internet. It's just an internet movement, movement with a few groups that are really very active um, that uh, we are now pursuing how do we get these nanobots out of us? Right. I mean, if we're be breathing them in every day, m most of them will not go out in the urine, the feces, the sweat, uh, at all. They will 
lodge themselves according to their programming. Right. That's lodge themselves in various parts. And they will often, if you have a, a troubled area in your body, they will be drawn to that area, uh, like joints or something like that. So, so, so now we have, uh, in a way, a, another parasite in us, but a, a very different kind of parasite than the ones we've had before. We also have flora and fauna in our intestinal tract. We're accustomed to these, these little bacteria that help us digest our food and assimilate and all that. But these... These are machines. These are what are now being called in patents and papers living machines. So they have the ability to swarm. And if a 5G gets set up around uh, in my area, uh, it's possible that that 5G with its millimeter wave power, you know, the smaller the wave, the greater the power, um, it's possible that they could then send a frequency by means of the 5G that will suddenly activate all of our nanobots Mm -hmm. and produce a, well, um, uh, an epidemic, (laughs) a uh, pandemic. I mean, are you getting what, getting the I absolutely do. I want to do this, though, because this is... this is obviously a, a thesis on just the, the whole nanotechnology and first wanting to distill. Let, let me see if I understand, and I think I do, and I'm sure our, our very bright audience does as well. What we're talking about, folks, are these nano-sized, what uh, Alana refers to as bots, that are smart, that are raining down from our skies as one means, but only one. They are invariably getting into our system and perhaps creating an interface between, and I'm just distilling, between us and the technology that we are interpreting as authentic, authentic synchronicities. In other words, where there's literally an intrinsic link between the nanobots within us and the device that we are in the midst of. Am I understanding that? I'm just, I'm totally bringing this down to the, you know, the, the bottom line here. Uh, okay. Yes. Okay. Great. Now, I want to say something. This is very important that I say this to. I call my audience the journeyers on the the uh, episodes that we did on synchronicity. I want to say, look, there's so much that we don't know that's going on, not only from a technological perspective, but from a metaphysical. I am still not discounting Alana. I don't think you are either. That there concurrently may be something quite phenomenal going on organically. And that there may, in fact, be an intersection of the two. In fact, we talked about this offline. Could it be, excuse me, that some of the individuals behind the technology are also aware of the metaphysical implications of this time and are creating sort of a a connect point? So it, it, A, will be harder to distinguish where it's coming from, but B, leveraging the natural and inherent power of the planet and of us. Yes, it's absolutely true. And these are these are what President Kennedy, a week before um, his death, was talking about in a speech he gave, I think it was at the American University, about secret societies and how he wanted to uh, rope in secret societies because um, they are absolutely, absolutely not democratic. And so uh, what we have is we have an, we have occult brotherhoods at the very uh, top of some of our technology uh, that I'm sure that many well-intentioned scientists, given that they are uh, on a need to know, they have a need to know basis for their clearances and they are compartmentalized so they do not even know what their research will go toward. Uh, they do not know about the uh, what's going on at the very top in the uh, occult sector of those running NASA, NOAA, uh, the National Health uh, Federation, uh, all all of the organizations that we have that are key to uh, to keeping this machinizing of the Earth, the uh, weaponizing of planet Earth uh, in motion. And um, where where that crossroad is, I think what I'm saying to people is, I mean, I have a spiritual life. Uh, my spiritual life is fine so far. I have nanos 
in me. I do not have the Morgellons sores that often uh, people will recognize as being a nanotechnology condition. Uh, I do not have that yet at this point, but my consciousness is very much my own. And yet, I am recommending to people everywhere when I go and give talks or uh, on my Facebook site, which is considerable, uh, and my, my own site, I, I am recommending that instead of allowing oneself to, uh, to simply be emotional and in a feeling way about their spiritual life, to really begin to uh, develop and strengthen the ability to think, the ability to concentrate, to read, to remember what you read, to uh, be able to debate point by point with someone rather than jumping to judgment, jumping to uh, emotional conclusions, because we, um, we really need to understand the technology so that we know the difference Absolutely. between yeah. our spirituality and the technology that's uh, all around us and possibly encroaching upon us or attempting to encroach upon us mm-hmm. in our vulnerable points. Absolutely. I've got to quote you here because I just heard you say this and this is a perfect time to bring it in and I love it. You said, Alana, consciousness is like the immune system of the spirit. Mm -hmm. There it it is. is. So, and this needs to be taken to heart, everyone. As the days and weeks and years go by and as the technologies advance and perhaps our own inner technology, if you will, it may, if you're not conscious, become harder to distinguish between the two. I always say there's an inner GPS, there's an inner Wi-Fi, it's always been there. Now more than ever, it's time to kick it in because we have to live defensively. And to be able to see clearly, we will have to be, first of all, it's very easy, turn off the devices and go outside. I heard you talk about earthing or grounding, which I'm a big advocate of. Mm -hmm. These two are coexisting. I call it the dichotomy of consciousness at the precipice of change. We are at a dichotomy, which is quite exciting, frankly, because it really puts the onus on us to make choices. So I just wanted to add that. I loved your quote. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And it is. I mean, the immune system needs to be protected with good eating and uh, and good practices for sleep. Uh, But you you mentioned earlier, Alexis, that that this is this is we are under assault. There is no question about Mm. it. And um, the pineal gland is under assault. So if people are having trouble sleeping, there is a reason for that. Uh, The pineal gland uh, produces the melatonin. Uh, The fluoride in the water uh, uh, really uh, makes the pineal gland get hardened and calcified. Uh, The pineal gland is our our, uh, beacon for our connection at night with the spiritual world as we leave our bodies and go into the cosmos that Mm. we are from in order to uh, talk with the wise ones, uh, in order to go over our day and pull out what we know is true from what are the lies. And then, of course, we come back into our bodies, which are now, should be, from deep sleep, refreshed by the uh, etheric body, body, uh, rebuilt all the cells, etc. But now we are at war, Hmm. and um, and we we do not have that system fully protected, so we need to take conscious action. That's why we're conscious beings. We can take conscious action, change our lifestyle, do this, do that, in order to take care of ourselves, but we can't do it if we're completely oblivious to Mm. the technology being used against us. Absolutely. The insomnia is insane. Right now, including yes. with oh, me. Oh, and I'm I, sorry, I called you Alexia. I, I know. No, I didn't even. I didn't even catch that. I've been right? called. I've been called worse. <laughs> no <laughs> worries at all. Let's stay with this. Insomnia. I have heard so many people for for a long time, but I think it's increasing exponentially. Uh, getting off the charts here. Uh, agreed. In, in fact, I just had an interesting conversation with an individual while in Sydney last month about whether it's calcified or not, and what we can do to mitigate if it is. What, do you have any suggestions? And I know that there's there's no pat answer and there's no 
particular manual, but any suggestions one might do to start uh, to, well, you want to decalcify, of course, the, the pineal. We need that. Uh, that is our beacon. But in terms of the insomnia, uh, I know magnesium has been recommended. What what do you, what do you do? May I ask that you could well, recommend? Um, okay, so just the very physical basis of sleep. Uh, first of all, um, I sleep on a bed that has no metal in it. Mm, yeah, because metal is a conductor. That's right. So uh, that's very important. Um, uh, my head faces north or east. Uh, along with the magnetic current of the geomagnetic uh, field that is our is in our earth um, uh, turn all if you can turn all electricity off in the place where you sleep sometimes you have access to the power box and you can just flip a switch and that area will be uh, dead until you turn it back on um, Another thing uh, would be the cell phone. A lot Absolutely. of people use the alarm clock on the cell phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I recommend highly, I mean, just remember, when you turn your cell phone off or put it in airplane mode, it's not off. Uh, it is ser searching for a signal. Uh, so you you probably should put it in your car for overnight and uh, check those teenage girls that they're not uh, sleeping with it under their pillow. Um, so... Those things, uh, turn your router off uh, for the night, for the whole house. Uh, these, these are just simple uh, steps to see what it does to your sleep life because um, I do know that for targeted individuals who are being targeted uh, by electromag with electromagnetic weapons, uh, they, um, the, uh, the perpetrators can easily use the 60 hertz in your walls mm -hmm. as I've well as the fiber optic cable running outside your house as well as nearby cell towers etc in order to target you but it's it's still a, a very good practice to really think of electromagnetics and and their disposition when you're attempting to sleep and and you know um the this is a very great opportunity for consciousness development because we're dealing with a technology that's absolutely invisible. So you can't see it. You often can't feel it unless it's a microwave attack and then you'll definitely feel pain. But um, the, uh, the idea that to see into the invisible, I mean, this is something that is very spiritual. Uh, and yet to do that, you're going to have to use your thinking to understand how the technology works on a simple basis of just how it works so that you could literally, like I can do now, I can literally just kind of look over an area and immediately I can see where the wiring is, uh, where the waves are probably traveling, uh, what what is, if it's a phased array antenna beaming out in all directions or or if it's if it's more contained like a 4G system, a 3G. So, um, you know, I've taught myself to see. I can't see visually, but I can see with my mind. Mm -hmm. And this is a fantastic skill. And I, I want to get better and better at it. So that's why I'm studying more and more science on this. That's fantastic. Oh, you're such a self-starter. I love it. I tend to be as well. I, you know what I've been working on is strengthening my peripheral vision. I don't know where yes. the impetus for that came from. I, it just felt right. So when I do my meditation practice, which I've been doing off and on since I was 13, I find myself uh, not really looking ahead uh, anyway. Let's say we're, you know, when, when I open my eyes when I'm finished, rather than looking at what's in front of me, I'll focus on the my Indian uh, Indian style pose. So I'll be focusing on the lower part of my body. And I found myself doing that a lot. And then I said, well, if I can look straight ahead and still see my legs here in the cross leg pose, let me just practice seeing how far back I can see peripherally. And I started integrating that into my meditative practice. And I, something said to me, you know, I think if that can be strengthened, clairvoyance would be strengthened. Because typically, when we see subtle energy or the invisible, right, we see it how? Peripherally. So that's yeah. something that I do, not every day, but on, on occasion when I meditate. So there are things that we can do. I th again, I think it's 
look, guys, this this may seem like a, a very sobering discussion to you all because we don't typically talk about this sort of thing. But there's always something, nothing is in vain, as I say, and there's always something that can be positively derived from the great information Alana is giving us. So you're right. This is a time to really exercise the breadth and scope of our consciousness, for sure. Yes, yes. And with thinking, uh, people often think that thinking is, is uh, I'm going to go to the store and get a quart of milk, uh, or uh, that it's conceptual. It's just uh, ideas. It's not, it's not real. Uh, the truth is, uh, Rudolf Steiner, who, ah. who I have studied uh, for 40 years or so, um, he says that uh, thinking is a spiritual activity. And now I find in uh, some of the essays I read from uh, scientists on plasma and on, uh, uh, on quantum physics, that thinking is actually not, not done by the brain. It is actually an activity taking place uh, on a quantum level of mm-hmm. reality. And so uh, to strengthen your thinking is to strengthen that quantum part of yourself that could even take authority over the nanobots, take human authority over the nanobots, and possibly even AI systems. Absolutely. I'm yes. laughing. I don't know if you can hear. A microphone picks up everything. The moment you mentioned Rudolf Steiner guess whose name I'm looking at right in front of me. I was going to bring him up next. You know, it's synchronicity. I think this is organic synchronicity, frankly. I don't think it's the nanobots at all. I think we're just seeing eye to eye. (laughs) I was going to bring up Rudolf Steiner because I know you speak of him so much and fondly, who Mm -hmm. talked about, uh, I, I guess at one point he said that invariably the human being would have to learn to have a relationship with the machine. Let's talk yes. about that. What a what a uh, thinker he was. What a contemplator. An amazing, amazing mm. man. And uh, the problem is that the brotherhoods who are in alliance with forces perhaps that are inimical to humanity, to the development of human consciousness, uh, they uh, are attempting to bring the machine and uh, a very different relationship with the machine uh, centuries early. And, and that, that's what's going on now. We're just not prepared. After 50 years of television, I mean, I've never even owned a television. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, really, um, I really am opposed to it. it. I know what it does to my brain. I really want my brain to be able to help me think my way through the dilemmas of my time for my incarnation and the work I came to do. So uh, for me, uh, the machine we have to deal with the machine. We've always had uh, machines working for us, but now the you see the danger that the machines are taking us over. Uh, it's called BCI, Brain Computer Interface. Mm-hmm. It yes. is the mechanism by which the transhumanism will be accomplished, by which uh, we will all uh, we all are to be controlled uh, remotely via uh, AI systems. Uh, uh, algorithms which are really nothing more than spells, like the old uh, the old spells of occultists and and uh, witches and things. Uh, so that that whole impetus is to control humanity, become as gods on planet Earth, uh, and and thumb their noses at uh, the other at the gods and at the consciousness that we were to have through centuries and centuries of being able to develop. So um, I, I, my relationship with my machines, I have a good one with my car. I knew you were going to so, bring that. I you heard know, you say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good car and I take good care of it just as I should, just like a pet uh, that serves me well. And my computer, same thing. Uh, but I keep my relationship with machines uh, to a, a great minimum because uh, I, I simply cannot have a relationship with all of them. It's too time-consuming. Too much of my consciousness would have to go right. into it. So uh, I highly recommend that people really think about uh, the law of nature, which is that nature abhors a vacuum. That's right. And, uh, and this is... This is why all machines, says Rudolf Steiner, have a, a spirit in them. 
as soon as they're built, a spirit yeah. moves into them according to the nature of the machine and its it, the intent of its maker. So, uh, you know, when Jordi uh, Rose, who is the uh, CTO, the chief technology officer at, at uh, D-Wave Computer, the quantum adiabatic computer that is, is, is just phenomenal. It's already a self-thinking entity and is used at CERN, it's used at Facebook, it's used at uh, Google, it's used by all the great big corporations that are taking over the earth. Um, Jordi talks about it in terms of a god. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not being that metaphorical because these things can uh, really house very powerful forces that are inimical to the human being. And we need to therefore become very solid in our approach to our machines Absolutely. And, and have authority over them. You're bringing up the, uh, a subject that could take us down a whole another rabbit hole, and I'm tempted to open it just to go down a little bit. As you talk about the first, first of all, the concept when you talk about the possibility of a measure of consciousness, or as Steiner talked about within inanimate objects, makes me think of something that's being talked about amongst material, more materialistic scientists these days having to do with something called panpsychism. Are you familiar with that term? No, not at all. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to look up. And I only know a tidbit about it. But essentially, panpsychism says that there is a certain portion of individuated consciousness that exists in all things, including the inanimate. This is what's being studied right now by the materialists, which I find interesting. Interesting because it transitions completely into what you're talking about, uh, these companies like D-Wave, etc., that are looking at perhaps not perhaps they're looking at making these computers and other pieces of technology conscious. This takes us again, Alana, back to how much knowledge do the powers that be have about what, as an example, Tibetan Buddhists practiced in conjuring other forms of consciousness as an, a throw off of themselves called the tulpa. Uh, There are, this is in our literature, this is in our occult literature. And I, I'm sure that there are many within the modern age that are looking to parlay this into technology are well aware of all of that. They're really just, they're really just going into ancient practices and bringing it into modern times. Yes. And, and because of my uh, involvement with Rudolf Steiner, I'm very much involved in what is known as the Western mysteries. Many people have turned to the Eastern practices uh, thinking that there is no Western mystery tradition in the West because it's all materialism, but that is not true. And uh, certainly the Tulpa practices of Tibetan Buddhism are very dubious to me, Mm. Uh, but I am not of that, uh, those are not my people. Mm -hmm. I'm involved in Western uh, mysteries and in um, getting digging down into the uh, not just the nature of matter, but the mystery of matter. Absolutely, and yes. and that is what the Western brotherhoods also study, but perhaps with more ideas of control than yes. simply con- becoming conscious. Absolutely. Oh, this is a fascinating discussion. They all relate. They all relate. I do. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance. If I had time, I would go to some of the comments, beautiful comments that people have left for the the conscious commentary. We'll make sure we have a link so you can go back and find out how this conversation started, everyone. Okay, so tons of comments on both episodes. Not all of them had to do with the technology link. In other words, I think of what I'm my, in my example, and this happens all the time when I'm cooking in the kitchen. I do have the TV on on occasion. I will invariably think of what I'd like to make, and it's repeated on television. Or sometimes I'll say it out loud. A lot of people related to that. There were a lot of people that talked about uh, in- incidents of synchronicity that had nothing to do with technology. So I certainly want to acknowledge that as well. And and really say, look, there could be something quite magnanimous going on in the natural world as well. But the caveat is it may be hijacked right now or the attempt for hijacking that. So we do need to be aware. I also want to bring up something else that people have been talking about that will relate directly to, to the research that you've done. And that is a high pitch ringing that has been happening 
in mm-hmm. not one, but both ears. It's been happening to me, happened yesterday, happened last week. Some of our listeners are, uh, have been talking about that as well. Can you speak to that? Now, we're, we're kind of vacillating between the spiritual and the scientific. This is a real convergence conversation between the two. <laughs> so we'll let it go where it needs to go. But are you familiar yes. with the high-pitched oh, the yes. sounds? What's going on oh, there? Yes. Well, well um, right away, uh, it's tinnitus. And uh, people, you know, if you go to a doctor, he'll look at it as a as just a physical phenomenon uh, of the uh, middle ear. But no, uh, it's possibly a, a targeting situation, possibly a wave moving through. The person's not being targeted at all, but the wave uh, for targeting someone else is moving straight through their house or their place of work or whatever. Um, <clears throat> they're picking up on a frequency <clears throat> that really... Uh, produces uh, a ringing. Now, most targeted individuals I know uh, definitely have the tinnitus. And to uh, counter it, whatever its locus of, uh, whether it's an attack or you're simply in the pathway of a wave moving through, um, there are many uh, frequency uh, videos, right, that you can get 435 hertz, uh, mm-hmm. yes. <clears throat> et cetera. <clears throat> and I, I think that if you <clears throat> if you use those uh, consciously and just make sure that it's not on the bad side, like see how you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know uh, quite a few targeted individuals. That's a, a whole other show. Do you want to, I know, is there any way you could give for the people that don't, I'm well familiar with the gangs talking and tar- targeted individuals or uh, TIs, I think they're called. Is there any way you could give us maybe just a little tidbit for those that don't know what that is? Or is that too? Yes. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, so what's going on with targeting uh, is... Uh, it's it's basically two pronged is how I see it, and um, it's the use of electromagnetic weapons, usually state of the art. Uh, maybe the maybe they haven't even been made public yet because they're being they're they're using people uh, as guinea pigs, so they're targeting them with these weapons. Uh, some of the weapons we definitely know what they are, uh, and um, they they will with frequency. Uh, and possibly triangulation, possibly with satellite uh, triangulation with towers, that sort of thing, uh, for a long, definitely for a long-term uh, targeted individual, uh, they often use satellite, dedicated satellite. So um, anyway, this person will uh, initially feel, um, oh, have various things going on in their mind that they make them feel uncomfortable it's not really their thoughts or or they may feel um their sleep has been uh, destroyed they're not able to get into deep sleep at all uh, there'll be a lot of symptoms that go on early on where it's because most people don't know this technology is sure. going on on a broad level uh they will think that the, maybe they're going crazy uh, you know, it's a, it's some sort of stomach problem or whatever, uh, but nothing really remedies it. And uh, eventually they begin to, the, uh, the targeting is ramped up where maybe they hear voices in their head. So now they have the V2K, it's known as voice to skull mm-hmm. technology, uh, microwave hearing, um, uh, various uh, signals that they're somehow being uh, remotely controlled, they can be put to sleep instantly, whether they're driving a car or they're sitting in a theater with someone. Um, They hear voice uh, people speaking to them from behind them, but it's really the voice to skull uh, that makes it sound like someone speaking to them. Many things that just basically destroy the naturalness of their lives. And uh, my guess is there are... I would say a million and a half people who are uh, experiencing this in the United States alone. In the United States alone. I heard you say that. Do you think it's expanding? Do you think the net of, is it becoming more widespread 
Is, are, are they ramping yes. up? Yes, yes, it is. Uh, but now you see with the 5G, and now they have the 6G ready, uh, already <laughs> online, ready to come uh, up. And then there's the 7G coming. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, we will eventually be under an entire AI system, and uh, it will be. Uh, we'll all be targeted. Is how I look at it. That's another reason that I'm recommending to people to start really doing calisthenics with their thinking, to really develop their consciousness, not from just emotions and feelings, That's right. but from actual thought and the ability to hold on to a thought. That's why it's good to read my Under an Eye and Eye Sky. It's by no means an easy book to read. And uh, and I, I'm recommending people do it in groups if they possibly can. I think that's so great. So that they can help each other through because most people are falling asleep. Uh, they're, they can only get like one or two paragraphs read. They don't remember what they read. They don't understand what they read. They're, they're in a chem fog uh-huh. in their brain. I understand. And, and to fight through that, we're going to have to do like, like you would pump iron at a, at a health club to get those, the muscle of the thinking going again after over 50 years of television and alpha wave. Because you can't think in alpha wave. You've got to think in beta and hopefully someday maybe even gamma wave. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm recommending. And for targeted individuals, I know quite a few, as you can imagine. And I'm on shows, European shows, um, since Rowney Kilda died, Wonderful, I know. Wonderful. I miss her so much. Yes. I, yes I'm well yes, familiar. Since she died, uh, it, somehow they're, they're ringing my buzzer now uh, because I, mm. of course, know that targeting is going on and have studied the directed energy weapons and, and really uh, feel great compassion and trying to help people find meaning in that life, uh, which, you, you know, I, I at this point, I might know a couple of people who got off those lists, but I don't really know any more than that. I mm. think it's uh, it's what used to be called life log, and it's a it that's the two pronged. It's uh, experimentation with these uh, directed energy weapons, and then the other is the training of agents as to how to use them. Mm-hmm. That's often the two big reasons that people are used for this program, and it is a program. Uh, and I would say that all the telecom corporations, at some level, are very aware of this. Mm. We're going to end on a positive note because we've kind of been dipping in and out of, you know, the, the, the positive potential, the dire straits, the whole, it's all in there. I, I'm going to say again, dichotomy. But if we can manage to wrap our arms and our heads around the fact that these are still exciting times and you've given such amazing suggestions about, what did you call it? Mental calisthenics. I love it. Now I, we're, we're seeing the same way, Alana, you know, when I, whenever I'm feeling like I'm in a fog, I go to my bookshelf and reach for Homer's Iliad and the Odyssey. Oh, <laughs> I'm, only, nice. I'm only kidding. No, I did do that once and I said, oh God, I can't. <laughs> That's, well, that but would I, be wonderful. I, I have I, it on I, my I shelf. I could say something positive. Number one, I'm thrilled to be here now. I, I couldn't have asked for a better battle. I couldn't have asked because yes. I'm a warrior through and through. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I'm thrilled to be here now in this time of transition from one age to another. Absolutely. This yeah. is. And second of all, I always, I'm always comforted by what Rudolf Steiner said. He said that the human being is the religion of the gods. Uh-huh. And what he meant by that is we are the only being developing free will while living in a material body. And, uh, and I definitely feel the challenge of that. And, uh, and it's, it's very exciting to be on the earth. And I love the earth very much. I, do I mean, too. the earth and, and, mm. and the human being. We're like we're like this. Yeah, that's Those so cool. Those people think if we got rid of the humans, the earth would be fine. No, our destiny lies together, the two of us. So I'm fighting for the earth's destiny as well as the human destiny of developing consciousness through serial lifetimes in which we can we can practice and we can learn what works and doesn't work. Uh, they can wipe out religion if they want. They can make it seem that everything is material, but you know there are many of us who know better. And we we must have the courage for the future generations to fight the fight uh, of this time. This is our watch. Uh, let's let's make the most of it together uh, as we develop our spirituality in the midst of uh, technology. I don't think there's anything else that needs to be said. You have just brought this show to a perfect conclusion. So I'm going to leave it there. 
Alana Freeland, thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and for your courage. And will you come back? You know, I'm going to ask you back, right? We've got so sure. much more to cover. <laughs> Everyone, go to Alana's website. I'm going to have you give the name of the website. We're obviously going to have links to to all of her books. And I know she's working on one right now. But tell us your website for us. Um, just ilanafreeland.com, lowercase. Okay. Uh, and I owe it all to my webmistress. I rarely have time to even go to my site. <laughs> uh, thank goodness for her. And then I have uh, two Facebook sites that are closed. Uh, you have to ask permission to join. Uh, and the, the one I recommend for these things is Ilana Freeland. Uh, under an ionized sky. Beautiful. So perhaps we can get a link for that. Everyone, you'll have to go. I'm sure they'll, you'll let the journeyers and I got a good group here. So and they're very, very passionate about all of the 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 broad and uh, exciting subjects that we talk about. So once again, Alana, thank you. We're going to have to shut it down for now. But this has been, we're going to leave folks with a lot to chew on. So let's get chewing, shall we? It's all about consciousness. And it is an exciting time. So thank you. And thank you to everyone, as always, for listening and watching these days <laughs> to Higher Journeys. We'll talk to you real soon. Take care.